Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, this started a long time ago, really, um, building up to what happened last week. Um, the divestment campaign at UNSW started in um, 2013, actually, I think, in the latter half of 2013. Um, and it had been going for longer at some other unis that escalated this week. I think Melbourne's has been going for ages. Um, so, yeah, I only started the university in 2014 and um, was already in full swing, the divestment campaign, um, based on that simple premise that if it's wrong to wreck the climate, then it's wrong to profit off that wreckage. Um, so, yeah, I joined the Enviro Collective and um, they'd found out through a freedom of information request that UNSW invested close to $50 million in fossil fuel equities. Um, and we thought that was pretty unethical given that we know that climate change is happening and those are the companies that are like actively causing climate change. Um, so, yeah, since then we've been um, really pressuring the Vice-Chancellor to be able to have a meeting with us um, so that we could sort of outline what we thought about this and maybe some ways they could move forward by divesting. Um, and also just finding out how much community support there is for this for divestment. Um, so we found out, um, we did a big survey through the Student Association and found out that 78% of students and staff actually support divestment fully um, and that, yeah, we got a, an open letter compiled that had um, over 150 academic and alumni signatures that they were all calling on the university to divest. Um, that was in 2014. Uh, and, yeah, and then at the end of 2014, our um, old vice-chancellor brought the motion to the council and they all resolved not to divest um, and he called it tokenistic. And that was really disappointing. Um, but then we got a new vice-chancellor in 2015, um, Professor Ian Jacobs, and we thought, oh, this guy, he's like a medical doctor. Like, surely he understands that climate change um, poses, like, the biggest threat to human health. Um, maybe he'll be on our side. And we spent all of last year really trying to talk to him, trying to get a meeting with him. Um, and it just didn't really happen. And, yeah, to this extent that we were sidelined so much that um, the university had this big... Uh, a program, a crowdsourcing program to get ideas of how to tackle climate change. Um, and we submitted divestment as an idea of how they could possibly tackle climate change. Um, and it actually was the most popular idea after a month of voting. Um, that's what the community decided the university should do. And then they ended up choosing from the top 10 uh, a different idea that they would like to pursue because they're so hell-bent on not pursuing divestment. Um, so I guess from that context, uh, we have like, yeah, thousands of supporters on campus and we've been trying really hard for a long time to make this happen. And so, and we weren't getting anywhere. And I think at the start of this year, we're all thinking like something's got to give soon. Like climate change is still happening. And if anything, it's only getting worse in the three years that we've been campaigning. Global emissions are continuing to rise. Like we really need to do something about this. And had similar feelings at other universities and also with uh, a little help from our pals at 350.org, um, we, yeah, decided that we wanted to escalate. And escalate we did uh, last week on Monday morning. Yeah, a group of us uh, just walked into the council chamber, which is probably the most prestigious room at our university, um, and we sat down in protest um, and we occupied that space for, yeah, a good 36 hours um, because we wanted to 
show the university that we're really serious about this, and I think they understand that now. Um, but, yeah, that's what happened. Awesome work. Well, it was really, really great to follow um, all of the universities escalating their actions last week. Um, and it's great to hear that you had so much community support. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the other actions that took place last week? Because I understand that it wasn't just the occupation uh, that you decided to do on campus. Uh, so, yeah, so on the Monday, um, we occupied our council chamber at the same time as the University of Queensland did. And um, Melbourne University did some really crazy things, like shut down their whole chancery building. Um, but, yeah, after that, um, at our campus, we got uh, we just called uh, on Monday evening. It became apparent that we weren't going to get a, a meeting, and we called a snap rally for the next day. And it was amazing. All of these people just came out, and um, they rallied right outside the building, so much so that we could actually hear them from inside, and that was really exciting. Um, so that was amazing. And then I think possibly as a result of that, that afternoon, the vice chancellor sent out an email to the 60,000 students and staff of UNSW saying that fossil for UNSW had crossed the line of acceptable protest, um, to which everyone else thought we hadn't actually. Everyone it kind of solidified our support. Um, and so then on Thursday, uh, we decided to host um, a wedding uh, a fake wedding between UNSW and the fossil fuel industry because um, we thought it was so apparent that they were so in love that it, it was time to sort of communicate that to everyone else. Um, but thankfully, before they uh, actually got married, uh, the students came in and broke apart the wedding, and that was kind of a beautiful moment. Um, and then on Thursday night, uh, just to make sure that the university knew that uh, we we aren't sort of giving up and that we are determined to continue this campaign. Um, we actually projected a whole bunch of slides telling our story onto the library building, which is um, pretty iconic, has big letters of UNSW on top. Um, so that was a bit of a fun thing to do, but I think it might have, um, yeah, also crossed that line in their minds that we sort of are of the opinion that they're crossing the line when it comes to climate change. So, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think universities funding climate change is definitely crossing the line. Um, and I do love a bit of creative action. So thank you so much. It's been seriously inspiring to follow. Um, I understand that you had a chance to meet uh, Bill McKibben, the founder of 350.org and the divestment movement. Um, can you tell us about your picnic with him on campus? Yeah, so um, we were lucky enough to yeah have a picnic with Bill McKibben. Um, some of our friends at 350 had organised for him to stop in um, while he was spending some time here. And for me, that was really incredible. I remember starting university and learning all about this and like reading all of his books and stuff. And then here we are sitting on the library lawn having lunch together. <laughs> um, it was really crazy. And I think um, it was a really good experience, but it's also, it was pretty sobering. Um, what he had to say in Australia, I think, because um, I, I think he knows so well, you know, like this is what he follows, um, like where we're at with climate change. And he's sort of at the point now where, yeah, like it's not it's not certain that we are going to win. Um, but I think what was really motivating is that he said, like we've still got to fight anyway and like this is the most important battle that we face um, as, as humans, basically. Um, and, yeah, it's quite exciting that... Um, Bill McKibben's actually, yeah, encouraging people to, like, go to whatever lengths um, 
they that they can basically to make sure that we tackle climate change. Um, so yeah, that I guess he was encouraging a lot of people to come to break free actions, which are happening in only a couple of weeks. Um, I know that here in Sydney, um, a lot of people are going up to Newcastle, which is apparently the biggest coal port in the world. And we're going to be um, blockading that coal port um, with a flotilla of kayaks. So that's really exciting. And um, I think for Bill, that's sort of more of the action that he thinks we need to take because it's pretty apparent that um, what we've been doing in the past isn't really working and we really need to keep these fossil fuels in the ground. Um, so that was pretty inspiring and I think a lot of us are going to do some more of that now. So um, just to finish off, yeah, can you tell us uh, what fossil-free New South Wales has uh, planned for here on in? Yeah, so... Um, well, we're just regrouping now, and uh, I think it became pretty exciting um, to us over the, the end of last week, realising that because the, um, the Vice-Chancellor had sent out this great big poorly worded email, um, <laughs> we have a lot more supporters now on campus than we did before. So I think for the rest of this semester, it will just be about, um, yeah, getting everyone up to speed, skilling people up and... Um, hopefully getting them feeling really empowered to be able to take action on climate change because often it seems like this big, overwhelming issue and students are learning about it, but they feel like they can't do anything about it. So just really reaching out. Um, and then from front in, I guess we've got to decide because, uh, like, obviously, we're not going to back down. This is the most important challenge to face our generation. And now I think the university knows what's in store if they keep um, ignoring us, we're going to keep getting more creative and making sure that they can't ignore us anymore. So uh, definitely exciting things in store.